Welcome to another episode of Real Estate Investing News for Accredited Investors. Check out the video webinar version of this episode on our YouTube channel or visit simplepassivecashflow.com slash investor letter and check out our sister podcast by searching for the Simple Passive Cashflow Podcast on your favorite podcast player. What's up, folks? This is the December 19, 2022 Investor Weekly News Update where I go through the latest headlines and we try and keep it short and sweet. My goal here is to do this under five to 10 minutes. I reviewed the articles and I'm going to pick the top five that I think are pertinent. We are starting to cut out the monthly updates, which you guys can also go and check out at simplepassivecashflow.com slash investor letter. But we've realized that a lot of people's attention spans are really short these days and thus this format is what we're going to be rolling out with in the coming new year. So first off, I think everybody's been talking about this. Interest rates have essentially been assaulted over the last quarter. It's in the residential world. It's making home prices go down because affordability. People can't afford as expensive houses anymore because of the monthly payments. And also on the commercial side, same thing going on, except it's a little bit more of a price discovery type of realm where you know, the price of commercial real estate is dictated by the net operating income divided by the cap rate. But right now, it's the, kind of the same phenomenon is happening with the buyers not able to get great financing to be able to pay the debt service on the assets. This is partially the reason why, you know, us as an operating team, we own well over $1.2 billion of assets. We've put a pause on future value add multifamily acquisitions at this point. I'll just frankly say I can't make the numbers work where the interest rates are at now. Now, last week, the uh, the Fed announced that they were going to possibly slow things down. One of the headlines I didn't put here is in inflation went down to 7.1%. I believe that's off the highs of about 9%. So that's a good sign that this is happening, that their increasing of the interest rates is doing what we thought it would be doing. And I think that you're starting to see that, yes, although they did increase the interest rates, you would think that the the stock market would react negatively, but it's all based on expectations. Everybody knows that they're going to raise rates maybe one, two more times in the next year. I think it was a nice little relief seeing them push it up half a point instead of the, the customary, what they've been doing, the 0.75%. Now, this is unprecedented how quickly interest rates have gone up. In the 90s, when interest rates were, I think, went from like seven to in the teens, wasn't as quick as it was in this kind of the, this late last year since the pandemic. But since then, the interest rates that people are borrowing have come down from the high slightly within the past month or so. So there's a sort of disconnect between the Fed raising interest rates and what people pay for their interest rates or their loan terms on their rental properties or homeowners. Next article here. This is something I've been following very closely as we are in the hotel business in New York City, Manhattan. And one of the competitors is the Airbnb space. And it just happened right here. It our competition went away. New York has enacted very similar to uh, how Hawaii does it. They've just pretty much said that they put this zoning in place where you basically cannot have short-term rentals. I'm not a huge fan of short-term rentals in certain areas. I think there's always a place for the big players because they're professional operators. And we're starting to see the people in the short-term rental space, which are the amateur mom and paws, who thought that they would be able to make a little bit of money off of buying some cool rental properties that didn't cash flow on a long-term basis, but they could make it cash flow on a short-term basis. And I think you've started to see 
A lot of gurus in the space sell e-courses and programs teaching people how to do short-term rentals or how to be a short-term rental millionaire is the saying. Again, the reason why I don't really invest with it with the majority of my net worth is because this is a discretionary line item on most people's budget. For those of you guys who are investing alongside of us in the Manhattan, New York portfolio of branded hotels, this is great news because this kind of just takes away all kind of the momentum that any short-term rentals ever had in the New York City area. Third article, something, again, I'm falling in another market that I'm very heavy in, Phoenix, Arizona. What's been happening there, or I guess what's happening on a global stage is there's a, there's a semiconductor race out there. The big players are TSMC, which are the Taiwan-based company. And this is what is a very underlying part of the whole China-Taiwan-United States crisis. In a nutshell... China wants Taiwan for many reasons. The chips is a big one. The United States wants Taiwan or TSMC for the chips too. Taiwan at some point in the last decade or two surpassed the United States and how superior product. And this is an attempt right here for the United States to really catch up. There's been recent government spending on have these getting off of foreign reliance on these types of chips. And these chips are anywhere from the high-tech weapons to iPhones to the cars. We all heard about the chip shortage with the cars, although those aren't quite cutting edge as phones and the smart weapons and stuff like that. But it all comes from these same players in the United States. The big player is in the hardware space is Intel. You know, what we're starting to see here is, you know, expansion in the Phoenix area. And as a real estate investors, these are the things that you need to be paying attention to as they are big movers. And not only is this one big employer, but it's all the ancillary employers that kind of support maybe different vendors or just different manpower support needs. And this is what we like to see. And these are the, you know, other than rent increases going up, population going up, but these are the nice little headlines or the what is driving the movement. Fourth article here. Uh, we've got one more after this. Freddie Mac opens its doors to more types of multifamily borrowers. And as I said earlier, the multifamily uh, lending space and even all the whole commercial lending space is really on tough times. It's hard to get a loan where it makes the deal work. So now what you're starting to see is the big players, Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac, maybe some community banks may follow this is giving some relief because right now, if you're a mortgage broker or in the business of giving out loans like Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac, it's tough because people aren't doing business with you. What you're starting to see here, Freddie Mac will begin accepting ownership of two to four unit properties, aka duplexes or triplexes or quads, as relevant experience for all loans. Previously, they wanted to see people having multifamily experiences controlling ownership of a property of at least five units or more. Now they're expanding the criteria to make it easier. So they're going to two to four units. So I guess if what I'm saying, if you are looking to buy an eight unit or 20 unit, you can possibly use your two to four unit experience. Although I will say it's not like they'll just it's yes or no. It's not really binary. They're going to look at your whole profile and based your and grade your rate and terms off of that. So this just makes it a little bit easier, but you're still probably going to get a crappy loan in my opinion. But I think it's, 
I like to watch these things because these are the movements ahead on the residential space. Maybe we'll have a future article about I've been seeing some other ways for people to qualify on cash reserves on their residential properties that they own. But this is just something that's happening in the space. What does this mean, in my opinion? I think this has been happening since a long time ago. And I think we were the early adopters of this as mom and Paul, real estate investors who grew into started by 50 units. And then we started to buy 100, 200 unit plus properties. And this is another reason why we're trying to get out of the multifamily value add space, because it's very competitive. And these yo-yos are just buying properties just to buy properties, especially now because of the sophisticated big players like us and even much bigger players are sitting on the sidelines because the deals just don't work. The debt service coverage ratios just don't work at this point with interest rates so high. And that's, again, I don't know how people are making these deals work. They're just fudging their numbers and they'll probably be okay because, hey, it's real estate, right? It's probably one of the most stable businesses out there. And especially if you're investing in workforce housing. But I think as an ownership group, personally, like, I just don't want to take the chances on it at this point in time when my gut feeling says six months, 12 months, that the interest rates will come back to earth. And that's that'll be time to get back and buying or at least buying properties where you're cash flow positive from the start. The Freddie Mac is also accepting a bundle of non-contiguous properties. So with at least 10 units, they're going to count that together as long as these loan terms are met. And if you guys want to check this out on the YouTube channel, we break down all these articles for you. Probably doesn't make sense. This doesn't really impact too many of you guys out there as you got most of you guys are passive investors, not do it yourself or broke guys who buy four, 40 units, 100 units plus as we once were. But I think things to be on the lookout as this is what these big lending agencies will do over time. I can remember, maybe I'm dating myself, but like back in 2014 and 15, one of the big things is you needed cash reserves for your small rental property. I'm talking one to four unit residential properties. And at that time, they wouldn't count like your cash reserves in your retirement accounts. And then they started to count, you know, 50% of it. And I believe that now it's 80 to 90% is what they count just to expand, make it easier for people to qualify. And I think people are always afraid that we'll have another 2008. Not the case. There's still very heavy controls on this. And I see even very well-qualified folks worth a million dollars or greater still having trouble qualifying for these loans. And I think that's a great thing for the general economy and not getting back to where what caused 2008 in the first place with a bunch of like ninjas, no income, no job, no plan, people who really shouldn't have been getting this debt. Next, I took an article from Bankrate. This is the last thing here. I'll read some of the highlights here. But again, I would check back to the YouTube channel and kind of read through some of these comments from some insiders and some folks that are respected within the industry. The question is, will mortgage rates continue to climb? Some say no, continuing inflation, overall higher interest rates, a potential recession and geopolitical tensions will force 30-year and 50-year mortgage up through 2023 and bring the two rates closer together as short-term risks rise. So that's comparing the 30-year and the 15-year. Another Robert Johnson professor from finance, which you know, I'm not a big fan of following guys that are like in the education system. I'd rather follow a guy like Peter Diamond, who actually runs an investment bank that actually has skin in the game than this college professor. But you know, that I'm just putting my thoughts into this. This college professor from Creighton said, by the end of 2023, financial markets participants expect that the Fed will have increased the target f- Fed funds rate by 150 
175 to 200 basis points from current levels. That would translate into the 30 and 50 euro rates to be roughly eight and a half to seven and a That I actually believe, and I think there's still room to rise the rates. Again, there's probably going to be one or two interest rates hikes in the next early part of 2023. But I'm hoping that is it. And again, we get back to normal normalcy after that. Vice President of Market Intelligence from Adam, he says that rates peak at 8% to 7.25%. That'll then gradually come down over the course of the year, somewhat hanging in the range of six percent to five and a half, five five and a quarter percent, respectively. And that's what I was talking about earlier. It comes back to earth, and he says that this is entirely dependent on the Fed's reserves ability to get inflation under control and ease up on its aggressive rate increases. Here are three different roads for increases. The first scenario: inflation continues to remain high, forcing the Fed to raise interest rates repeatedly. That means mortgage rates will keep climbing, possibly near 8.5%. The second scenario is the consumer price index responds more to the Fed's rate hikes, and there is a gradual deceleration of inflation, causing mortgage rates to stabilize near 7 to 7.5% for 2023. And the last scenario that's pointed out here, the Fed raises rates repeatedly to curb inflation and the economy falls into recession. This could cause rates to likely drop to 5%. I don't think that third scenario is really... um, going to happen as I feel like they're slowly titrating these interest rates up in a systematic manner. And I think we're already starting to see inflation come down a couple percent points, which maybe that's only like 10, 20% at most, but it's a sign that it's moving in the right direction. And I think that's what we want to see is like this incremental seeing the inflation come down. And we're starting to already see the tech sector do the layoffs. I already thought that whole sector was pretty frothy, but what we're not seeing yet is the normal peak unemployment tick up. And I think that we need to start seeing that a little bit as right now we're on unemployment all-time lows right now. We need to see a little bit pain there for that inflation to really start to come down from 8 7% down to 5 6% where I think then it's really under control. And then there's at least, I think there's a light at the end of the tunnel right now. But I think once we start to see the inflation come down to the 5 6%, I think it that may be the trigger for myself to get more aggressive on the acquisition side as we know that light is coming at the end of the tunnel. The other main comment they made is like, how will this affect housing sales? The comment here was existing home sales in 2023 will be slow, like hovering in the 4.5 million range with new home sales around 600,000. Days on markets have been climbing back towards normal levels. And that's, I think, what's good to see, right? We want to see more that normalcy where Houses sit on the market for 30 to 60 days or maybe even 90 days. That's typically a neutral market. And you know what will happen to home values, of course, home prices won't drop in 2023 as if I was a YouTuber and I wanted to sell on fear and doom and gloom. Or better yet, if I was one of those influencers trying to sell people on buying gold, I'd try and scare the heck out of you to buy gold and precious metals so I could make an affiliate fee commission on you. But I don't do that. I'm here, like, I'm just telling you what I'm personally doing. And I'm watching these types of things. And when it gets to a certain level where kind of that fear is high, yet that risk is low, I think that's when I'm going to get back out there. And I'll let you guys know in these weekly reports as things go by. We're going to skip a lot of these other points that other people made. Again, check out the YouTube channel on that and go to simplepassivecashflow.com slash investor letter to read all these great points here. But if you guys haven't yet, 
please join our community. Simplepassivecashflow.com slash club is the sign-up form. I think we are pretty much the only purely passive accredited investor group out there. We're really centered around relationships and getting to know each other as opposed to a very sterile list. And what I see from these lists is typically people are paid out and get on these lists. And I've always been on like, it's harder to create community and people who really care want to give back to each other. And that's what we started back in 2018 is when we started the family office group. But if you guys want to be a part of this, join our events and test drive our community, go to simplepassacashflow.com slash club. Check out the book. We've got over 106 ratings. Like apparently people are like in the book reading mode. It is the lose weight, get in shape, get your finances right. Hope everybody is getting on the bandwagon of New Year's resolutions. I know people who's on them, but hey, whatever you need to make improvements in your life, whether that's with your health, wealth, or anything else you're trying to work on. Um, and then if this is all new to you guys are checking this on the YouTube channel, Check out our podcast, Simple Passive Cashflow, Passive Real Estate Investing, iTunes, Google Play. We will see you guys next week.